This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome back to the Trading Coach Podcast. In today's episode, we're gonna talk about three audits that you need to run in your life. One is gonna be professionally, one is gonna be financially, and one is going to be personally. Hey, if you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to our website, www.tier1trading.com. We got a bunch of free stuff over there, workshops, webinars. We got a 14-day risk-free trial membership as well. Get on the platform, download some software, hop into some live rooms, check out some training courses, and interact with the community. All right, let's hop in. So audits are something that I believe should be done on a regular basis. And, and basically, when I use the term audits, we're saying review. So um, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about three different types. We're going to talk about a trading review. We're going to talk about a personal finance review. And we're going to talk about a personal review as well. And the topic really stems from a question I got the other day. And I know you guys aren't hearing this till probably somewhere in January, but I'm recording this mid-December. My trading year has just finished. And we're at that time of the year where a lot of our traders are talking about, hey, how do we go about reviewing the year? How do we go about running an audit on our performance so that we can find any missing gaps or holes and, and make any improvements that need to be made for the year to come, 2022. And this was something that I did. Um, this, this was really actually the game-changing moment in my trading, the, the last game-changing moment. Um, imagine a young, dumb, reckless Akil Stokes, you know, wasting money left and right in the market, emotional swings here and there. Um, I decided to audit myself for the first time and really look into my trading like a business and evaluate performance. And when I did that, I was able to find really the, the key to what was holding me back. Now, it's one thing to identify the key to what's holding you back. It's a whole other thing to actually take action and uh, follow through with those actions and going about fixing it. But at least it's the first step and it's a first major step. And some of the common questions I get are, are, you know, what should you audit? What should you review? How often should you do it? And a lot of those, those, you know, the answers are going to be dependent on the individual situation, especially your, your, the available time that you have, the, the duration of the trading time frames that you're typically on. For example, um, for my swing trading, I do a review or I do an audit every quarter. Now, I track trades at the end of each trading day or at the end of each completed trade. So I put them into my journal um, and, 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 and keep up to date. That way I don't have a, a whole bunch of stuff to load up at the end. I think it's also important that when we're writing in our notes, we, we have that kind of fresh personal attachment so we can write stuff like, I was scared, I was nervous, a news event, Trump tweet, this, that. But as far as a full review of breaking everything down by pair, by strategy, all that fun stuff, um, I do that on a quarterly basis because for me, a quarter is a long enough sample size to get a full picture. From a swing trading perspective, you know, I may only have 10 trades a month, right? 10 trades a month isn't nearly enough to make any type of um, 
to, to base any type of opinion off of, I guess, when we consider like making adjustments or, 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 or tweaking. When we get to a quarter, which is every three months, now it's a larger sample size and I get a, a fuller picture of what the market conditions are. Am I really in a drawdown? How is everything performing? Um, I still don't make any changes after three months, but that three month period is the first time where I start to look at something. Now, if you're a day trader, it's a different story. If you're someone on lower time frames, if you're on like a five minute chart, you know, three months may be too long. You may decide to do an audit monthly. Um, I think that's that's more than enough time. You know, you're probably going to get about. And again, this is just going back to when I day trade. Everyone's different. I probably averaged like 20 to 30 trades a month um, day trading. And for me, that's a big enough sample size to kind of get the lay of the land. And it's important to do these audits in your trading for a few reasons. Um, one is you may need to make adjustments, right? I think uh, it's foolish to believe that the markets are going to act the same way for your entire life. Again, in, in the conversation we were having and we did it in one of our Monday Q&A sessions with the trader, he was talking about the 11 years of backtesting he did and that he noticed a massive difference from 2009 to I think 2014 and then another massive difference from 2014 to 2018 and then the last three years have been completely different and fortunately that's that's essentially the same time frame that I I've been trading and I started in 2007 went over to Forex in 2009 so I got to witness this firsthand but I came in with the impression that once I had a system and a strategy that worked, it would work forever and I never need to change anything. I just sit down, plug and play. And I learned the hard way in real time that market conditions do change. And as a trader, I must be willing to adjust and evolve with the markets. And I can tell you this, if you're not doing that review, you're never going to notice that. And, and this goes for traders that do automated stuff as well. I put out a podcast um, a, a while ago, I guess now, that talked about, um, you know, even if you are doing an automated strategy, this doesn't mean that you can set it and forget it. And I remember sharing a story from a trader I've worked with from a long time who had an automated system and he noticed that there was a little bug. It was it was something was missing by like a pip or two, but that little bit of, of misfiring um, changed his whole system. It might, have, it might have even been the time or something like that. Something really, really small, but he noticed um, it was having a massive impact on his trading. And he reviews it monthly and he was able to catch it and fix it and boom, go on to trading glory or continue trading glory. Um, but imagine if he never checked on it, right? Imagine if he went month after month after month and just kept losing and losing and then and like, why, what's happening here? He never would have caught it. So even if you're doing a system trade or if you're going to be a system trader, you need to review it. It's, it's no different than if you literally build a robot in a factory to do stuff for you, right? There are maintenance crews that come in and make sure that robot is running correctly, make sure it's updated, make sure it's greased up, whatever else happens to that that robot. Don't get me on, don't we start on robots and robot apocalypses, but you still have to have that that element of review and that's very important in your trading. So that's one type of audit you guys should be doing on a regular basis just to see where you're at. Um, another benefit of it is to see how you can evolve, right? Doing reviews allow you to see things that you're not necessarily paying attention to in live trading. Now, I, I, I believe that you should review your day every day or at least review your week every week, meaning literally scroll back through the markets and just kind of go back in time and walk through different setups and be like, oh, I missed this. Oh, I could have taken that, blah, 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 like your your ideal trade. Um, but 
a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people just trade and, and, and then they move on and, and, and don't really learn from the, those opportunities. But if you're someone that has a growth mindset in trading, you're always looking for ways to get better. So, for example, I see a lot of trading opportunities that I just can't take. Right. They don't meet my rules, but I'll look at a chart. I'll analyze. I'll be like, oh, we're going up. I'll hit up Greystone, Greystone, Dollar Swiss. We're moving up. I know it. I know it. I know it. And we can't get involved. But when you review it, you can start to develop ideas. You can start to get um, creative and start saying, "Okay, this was that move I predicted. What if I would have done a buy limit right on top of that order or a buy stop right on top of that candlestick instead of waiting for a higher, high, higher close? What if I would have gotten in that this uh, morning star candle, something like that? Um, Yes, you can't trade it, but now you're starting to get ideas. And and with any type of strategy, your ideas are like your hypothesis. And then once you kind of see something repeated over and over again, because you're tracking it, then you can start going back and testing it. Once you can test it, then you have the data on it. Once you have the data on it, you can see if it's either helpful or hurtful for your strategy. And then it could be something that's added or replaces something else that's in your current strategy. And that's super, super important as far as evolving into a trader. So that's the trading audit for you. Another audit that you should do is your personal financial audit, right? We always kind of group the two together, right? Um, I don't believe you could be successful in trading if you're not first successful with handling your personal finances, right? If you're not good with money and then dealing with money is as simple as stuff that it like it's in your bank account or, or on a credit card. If you can't control your spending habits, right? How are you going to control your spending habits in the market? So I talk about something called the latte um, latte factor all the time. It was a great book called uh, The Automatic Millionaire. I forgot the uh, David Blatt, I think the, the author, author is. I, I loaned it to my best friend and he never got it back. That's why I don't loan books out anymore. But anyway, um, I believe it was The Latte Factor. And, and basically that works as a self-audit. But I believe that you should be... It, it, if you're not tracking it on a regular basis, you should be tracking your finances um, or like I'm mean, not a regular basis, like a daily basis. You should be tracking your finances on a on a weekly, a monthly, a quarterly basis. Right. Because just like your business, just like your trading, you want to become as efficient as possible. So I personally like to know where every single penny of my money is going you know what's going to credit card interest what's going towards this subscription how much is going towards uh a trading platform how much is going towards this that stuff for the kids right it's important to understand for a few reasons one it allows you to budget better if you have an idea on how much on average you're spending right it allows you to now have a a much better idea of how you're going to budget your money. Meaning when those paycheck comes in, the paycheck shouldn't just go all into the same place. It should be broken up into different categories, right? Some should go in your emergency fund, right? Some should hopefully, if you have extra, should be gone going into a fund for future investments. Some should be going towards debt reduction. Some should be going towards this, that, you know, it's going to be different for different people. But if you have an idea of like, for example, one of my things is kids activities, right? So I have a certain amount of money, a certain percentage that is put towards kids activities. Now, who knows what that is? But 
once I have, you know, three months straight and years of data on how much on average we're spending on kids activities, now I have a better idea that says, hey, 10% needs to go for kids activities, 5% needs to go there. And if it ends up being a little bit less, then that overload could be used for something like a vacation fund or, or put back into more investments or something like that. Or I have a housing fund as well, where it's money that, you know, we keep when stuff needs to be done for the house. Or if you're in debt, you, know, you make an extra payment for your credit card. Um, so the more you know, the more information you have, the better you can organize where that money needs to go to. More importantly, you can find out what you're spending on, right? Um, my famous example is the, the, the Midnight Milky Way, Baby Bell, Cheese, and Gatorade story, where years ago I did a latte experiment on myself. I, I do it on a regular basis, but years ago is when I caught it. Um, and I was spending about, what, $100 a week on those three things, $100 a week on Gatorades, candy bars, and cheese. Like it, it's, it's, And I never would have caught it because it ended up being a habit. Um, I just threw away a podcast I was going to do on credit cards and financial responsibility and the, the rat race and how, you know, it, it's one of the reasons that we're so bad financially um, across the world is because they made spending money so easy, right? The whole topic was, you know, I was, had an old man moment. Back in my day, we would get straight cash and, you know, you, you, you the cash is flapped. I, I used to work uh, building houses and landscaping as a kid, right? While I was underage, everything was under the table. So after a hard days of work, right? Eight hour, 10 hour days, right? I'd sit there, my best friend's grandpa, we'd sit there and, you know, flap out the cash, you know, count it out for me, 10, 20, 30, 40. And you get all excited because it's all worth it. And, it means a little bit more to you when you spend it that way, right? Now, all of a sudden, when you're using cash instead of a credit card, it's harder to spend. One, you know exactly how much you have. If I have $50, I can't buy anything that's $55. Um, but also, you, you you start to think a little bit more about what you're spending it on because it has that emotional attachment to it. Like, hey, I worked really, really hard to make it and feel it and touch it and smell it. I don't want to give it away for something dumb. Um, however, in these days where you've got cash apps and you've got credit cards, basically um, these non-cash options, it's much easier to spend money and we don't have the same association to it. So and that's one of the reasons credit card debt is so high because it's so easy to just swipe, right? If I go in and my budget is $50 and I see something for $50, but I see something else for $20, ah, I just swipe and I don't really feel the, the pain or, uh, or get rejected from buying it. So in my personal circumstances, I, I was going to the store on the way to um, the way to the university every day. And then I, I, it started off, I just stopped there for gas and I was like, oh, I'm a little thirsty. Uh, it was a hot day. I'm going to go out and get some stuff. And they had like, a, you know, I plan on getting one Gatorade and it's like, oh, you know, get two for four. I'm like, OK, well, that's a deal. You know, I'll, I'll drink two of them. And on the way out, oh, I need something to eat with this Gatorade. And it became a habit where I was doing it every day. And I didn't even notice it because I would just go in, I'd swipe, go in, swipe, go in, swipe. I wasn't taking cash out my wallet, any of that stuff. And imagine all of the other stuff that you're doing that on, right? A great example of where to cut at is going to be your subscription services, right? I, I would challenge you right now to write down all of your subscription services, whether it's news outlets that you're paying money for and an audio book. It's, uh, you know, um, what else is out there? Television, Netflix, 
Hulu, right? How many streaming services you have. Um, jot down all of them. And these little $9 Spotify you know, monthly bill doesn't seem like much. But when you have a $9 Spotify bill and a $20 Disney Plus bill and a, a, a $13 Netflix bill and a, a $60 YouTube TV bill and an internet bill and a cable bill, before you know it, you're spending a massive amount of money and you don't even know it because it's just automatically being taken out of your account. You don't touch it. You don't feel it. You don't see it. Um, but it's slowly killing you from the inside out. So if you do this audit of your personal finances, you're going to be able to catch things and, and you're going to be able to make wiser decisions about what do you actually need? What don't you need? Um, just to end on this point, I had a, um, a gym membership once and I didn't go to the gym, this particular gym in, in about two years. And I just forgot all about it. Um, but I went through my, my deal and this was a while back ago. I went through my deal and every month I was getting charged $20, $20, $20, $20. So I, I, I probably spent about what, $400, $500 within that two year period on the gym membership that I didn't even use. Um, so that's just an example of stuff you just forget about because it seems like a small amount. It's taken out automatically. You don't feel it. You don't touch it. You don't see it. All that fun stuff. Now, the last type of audit, you put those first two are probably familiar to you. The last two is going to be a personal audit, a, a social audit. And, you know, I, I was I, I don't know why this came up, but I was um, I was in a conversation about social media the other day and how social media is so toxic. So I, I do a lot of work with with mental health. I do a lot of work with, um, you know, motivation and inspiration and, and, and building confidence and, and, and stuff like that. And it was amazing the stat that I read about how much social media is affecting uh, everyone across the world, but in particular, teenage girls. Right. And, and I look at the the amount of kind of suicide cases I've had to deal with over the last couple of years, and it's always been teenage girls. And, and the reason behind it, a lot of it is due to mental health stemming from social media. And we also watched the movie or the documentary, I forgot what it's called, I think it's called The Social Dilemma a while ago, which kind of shows the addictive nature of it. Um, and I think it's important to to understand that we need to audit ourselves on that as well. And it's really no different. It's an elevated way of auditing your friends. Right. So I was always taught that you should have a handful of friends. We know the whole thing is what you are, the sum of the five people that you hang around. Um, if you hang around bad people, there's a better chance that you end up in bad situations and start doing bad things. If you hang around motivational, inspirational people, there's a better chance that you become you know, more motivated and inspired to do whatever it is that you need to do. So there is truth that you are and you act similar to the people that you hang around. And social media is the same thing, but elevated, right? You are what you kind of look at on social media. And if you don't Believe me, look at the algorithms that are tracking your trends and showing you exactly what you need to see, right? What you see on Facebook is there for a reason because the algorithm and the numbers show you that this is what you are, this is what you enjoy, this is what you want to see. And there's often a lot of toxic things there. So I think it's a good idea not just to audit your friends in real life, but to audit your friends on social media. Seriously, go through your, your friend list or your follow list, follow list and, and eliminate the toxic people. Who are the people that are only showing the best of life and, and are, are make, basically making you feel bad by their posts? Eliminate them. Who are the people that are sharing these depressing stories that you don't want to hear? Eliminate them. Who are the people that are, you know, like I eliminated news from my life because there was so much negativity. 
I used to watch the news and, and all I see is murder and fires and deaths and, and, and world disasters. And it just put me in a bad place. So I, I just stopped watching it. Same thing with the COVID. I started feeling sick around the beginning of COVID simply because I was filling my mind with so much COVID nonsense and so many numbers and deaths and all that stuff that my body started convincing myself that I was sick too. And I cut off the news and I, and I started feeling better. Um, but we we need to do that. And I would take it one step forward for you guys that are you know, learning how to trade just to make it trading specific. Do the same thing with who you're following. I was speaking to a guy the other day about building a brand because apparently if I've had some success with this podcast being ranked highly across the world since we started, um, as well as my YouTube channel. And he was asking advice on on, on how to grow his YouTube channel and whatnot. And I, and I explained to him, like, it's, it's much harder to grow your YouTube channel now in 2021 or 2022 than it is back when I started in, what, 2015 and, and even before that, right? Because the space is so flooded. The space is so flooded. There are so many options out there. Everyone's got a YouTube channel. There's so many options out there. And for someone, it, it could be a, a, it's a double-edged sword. It could be a good thing. There's so much options. You could, you could learn essentially anything on the internet. There is someone, there are multiple people to teach you anything on the internet. But the problem is there's also multiple people. When it comes to something like trading, it's like, well, if you're bouncing between 20 different YouTubers and they're all telling you different things, you're not really going anywhere, right? Jason Grayson always uses the example of trying to learn off Baby Pips. Baby Pips is an amazing source and it's an encyclopedia, basically. there are There's information about everything you can think of financially on there. But it's just information and, and you get flooded and overwhelmed by the information it doesn't actually push you in the right direction. So it's not a bad idea to audit who you're listening to as well. Go through your subscribe podcast. By the way, if you're not subscribed or if you don't like this podcast, do me a favor. Do that right now. Whatever it is you need to do, wherever you're listening to it at, do it. Appreciate it. Helps the numbers. Um, I don't check the numbers, but I heard it helps them. So uh, do it anyway. Um, but go through your podcast and, and click off who is helping me who is a waste of time go to your youtube subscriber list right go through all the different trading videos that you watch and and be honest and say okay who is helping my trading who is hurting my trading and helping and hurting your trading doesn't necessarily mean like they're a good or bad teacher it could be style wise too right so if, if you're not in the technical analysis stop fo following these technical analysis people right follow the fundamental analysis or if you're in the structure don't follow the person that's building mechanical systems right filter it out and have that small group of friends so you can focus and really become the sum of what they are. So it's important to audit yourself. It is the self-check. If you don't do it, no one else is going to do it. And you need to do it in three categories, right? You need to do it professionally in your trading or your business, whatever it is. Again, if you're a business owner, go through your sales. What is flying off the shelves? What's staying on the shelves, right? Put more of what's on the shelf of, of what's selling and, and, and take off and don't replace what's not being sold. Do it financially right with your personal finance go through your your credit card reports go through your bank statements see what you're spending on get an app that helps as well especially if you're using a credit card where it automatically kind of categorizes it for you and then you can easily just look at the end of the week or end of the month and see where exactly where and what exactly you're spending in each category and of course do it socially right eliminate the junk on social media you'll be in a much better mental place and eliminate the junk of who you're following as far as professional development if you do those three things i guarantee that you're going to be in a better place trust me
Hope you enjoyed. As always, check out our website, www.tier1trading.com. All types of free stuff over there. We got workshops, we got webinars. We also have a 14-day risk-free trial membership where you can download some software, hop in some live rooms, take some courses, and of course, interact with the greatest community of traders out there. How is it the greatest community of traders out there? Well, Forbes magazine said so, so I take their word on it. All right, www.tier1trading.com. See you there.